Hello friends, before we get started, how about I remind you uh, to leave a 5 star review on iTunes and a comment. If you do, I'll be reading it right where I'm talking now. But nobody left one since the last time I recorded, so bollocks. Um, anyway, also go subscribe on YouTube. I push that all the time. What else do I have to push? You know? I'm a YouTuber now. <laughs> this is who I am. I don't get to do live stand-up. When I do, it feels illegal, uh, and I do it in the parking lot of comedy clubs, which is an extra kick in the nuts, because it's like, I could be inside right there, but we're going to make you do it out here, where there's an Arco gas station in your peripheral while you're telling family secrets in a parking lot in front of paying customers. It's very weird, but until we get back to normal, I am only a YouTuber, so go subscribe and consider joining my page. It's like Patreon... There's three tiers, a buck ninety nine, four ninety nine, nine ninety nine. Nine ninety nine level we do a weekly live exclusive to you guys. Uh four ninety nine level you get full episodes of the podcast with video. And uh buck ninety nine you get early access to the stuff that I post. Like I post it there first, and then a couple days later, uh America sees it. Or I guess the world. America sounds bigger. That goes to show you how arrogant Americans are. That I just said, oh yeah, I guess the world sees it, but so does America. It's like, ugh, get over yourself, you damn patriot. Well, I can't help it. I read, I, I, I read, I bleed red, white, and blue. I'm as American as apple pie, and uh, I actually prefer pumpkin. I ate a whole pumpkin pie by myself in one day. We're going to talk about that and all that and then some. Uh, don't forget to give to Toys for Tots, the fundraiser I have set up at uh, on my videos, uh, most exclusively on Dancing with Drunks. We've raised over two grand. Our goal is five, and we got like 20 days left or tw until the 25th. Please donate because I plan on making up the difference, and I'm hoping that difference isn't three grand. All right, let's go do the show. Why, why don't we hit the music? I feel like that intro was rough, but there's parts of it that I liked, and then parts of it where I felt self-conscious, but no matter what happens, I'm not going to redo it, because this was me in that moment. Did that come off way too life coachy? Whatever. Hit the music. This week in Zoltan. And we're recording. Hey everybody, welcome to the show, welcome to This Week in Zoltan. This is episode uh, 213, I believe. What was the last one? I don't... 311. So this is 312. I'm way off. I don't know. I've been doing this podcast for a long time. And there's no assistance. It's just me by myself. So I don't know. Iced coffee for the working man. In the immortal world, words of Stone Cold Steve Austin, I just woke up. I'm going to do this podcast. The lighting is weird. We got one thing, a sun coming in there. Otherwise, uh, you know, for the people listening on YouTube... Anyway, rambling start, what else is new? Uh, first, I want to give a shout out to all the people uh, that, uh, that help this page be a page. And why did I not have this page set up? You know, this is, anytime I take a week off from doing the podcast, I completely forget how it works. And then you would think, like, this isn't live. I could just pause this and start over. But I don't, like, I don't want to. I like the genuinity of the podcast when it's just a mess. Because that's who I am. 
I'm not organized. I show up to things going, yeah, I didn't bring that at all. I know. That was the only reason for me coming was to bring that one thing. Well, I didn't bring it at all, so here we are. Anyway, I'm almost to the tab. Memberships. See all. And then I filter out and go to the cat person level. These are the people that joined my YouTube page and are proud supporters. They also come and join the live every Monday at 5 p.m. on YouTube where we chat about our weeks and... Uh, and mainly, like, the, the people that watch the stream have become the stars of the stream. Because apparently they live more of a life than I do. Here are those people. Laura Bosch, uh, Linda Roberts, Laura Nystrom, Stephanie M., Julia Vina, Isadon, Renee, Renee Spaulding, R.C. Woodshop, Craig Rappaport, Judy Dean, Marilyn R.X., Diane Norton, Laura Rolfson, Annette, uh, Mary Garrison Quay, uh, Sarah Santo, uh, Janto. I know it's Hungarian. I get it wrong every time. Alan Nugent, Laura Hornstra, thank you very much uh, for being a part of all of it. Good. I did the thing I was supposed to do. That's part of the perk. You get a shout-out by me on the thing. What a special deal. Thank you for supporting my dreams of not getting a job or having to go back to work. That would be my rock bottom. I was thinking about that because I was trying to think of things I was thankful for while now visiting my mother at Thanksgiving. And the thing that I'm thankful for is even though we've taken a year off, I haven't had to, like, get a job. Which was my only goal when I started stand-up. When I started doing stand-up in 2006, like, the one thing that crossed my mind was, like, how cool would it be if this was just my job? And then the closer I came to it, I wasn't able to pull it off till 2015, where I was finally able to quit my job. But, you know, 2013, 2014, even 2012, I was like, can I do it? Can I not do it? I think I can do it. Should I just make the plunge? And I ended up waiting until I had to quit because I booked so many colleges. Like, I wouldn't be home and for any of it to go to work, so I have to leave. But um, once that happened, the only bad thing that could ever happen is me having to apply for a job again. That would be the worst thing. Because it would just be, I, I don't, it would, I would feel like a failure. Because, like, the, also, I'd have to explain why I have five years worth of non-work history. <laughs> They're like, what have you been doing for five years? And I'd be like, well, have you heard of dry bar comedy? Have you heard of Manscaped, the grooming guru? Well, I used to have long hair, and that used to be me. So, thankfully, the, the last couple of years have been nice enough to where this pause in work hasn't, uh, it hasn't hurt me financially, and, you know, even if we take another year off, I'll still be okay, and I don't have to get a job. If we take three years off, um, I might be delivering your Amazon packages, because I am not qualified for anything. I might not even be qualified for that. Who knows? Maybe I'll pull up for the job interview in my Honda Fit, and they're like, you can't drive a utility van. You drive around in a roller skate. You're not going to be able to make these wide turns. You don't have what it takes to deliver these Amazon packages to their loyal customers. Uh, so who knows? That's just what I'm hoping I could pull off. But I don't think it's going to go another year. I th I, I, everyone's really depressed right now because we're about to enter the third, or the we're in the second wave or the third wave of this virus. And uh, in Los Angeles last night, they just had a complete shutdown. It's stay-at-home orders, which I believe we had back in April down here in San Diego, uh, where you're not allowed to go anywhere. I still went out for runs at night, you know? Like, there's no one out there. But I guess you can't even do that. It's a full lockdown, which people are depressed about. 
but they, they we have vaccines. So there's a light at the end of the tunnel. This is going to be the last lockdown, which I understand people that are frustrated. I get it. But like, for me, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. Eventually, we're all going to get this vaccine and then spring's going to come around and people are shooting towards spring as being the time when we can start dipping our toe back and going back to normal, which isn't that far away, if you think about it. And if this if this whole pandemic experience was just one year, March to March, of putting our life on pause, and I've said it before, but our grandkids would laugh in our faces if we even tried to tell them the hardships that were the pandemic. They would laugh at us. They're like, one year... You couldn't pause for one year and and go work on creative projects. And I understand there's a lot of people out there that have lost their businesses and have lost their homes. It's very much changed their financial uh, landscape. And I feel for those people. And I feel like we're arguing with the wrong people. That's a whole other issue. But as far as the pandemic goes, I, I, I think a year off, uh, if that's all it is, we're not even going to be able to retell the story because it's we're just going to come off like the least tough generation of all time. And we already do. But all of us involved, like the, the people living today can't hack it. Kids are getting failing grades because they have to learn at home. Uh, marriages are ending because they're being forced to spend time with each other, which is the worst thing any marriage could happen. That's the worst thing that could happen to any marriage. There, I said it right. <laughs> I just needed to sip a cold brew. That's all that was. But yeah, I don't know. And then, but the the other angle of it is like the we're still. I can't believe it. We're I tweeted this the other day. We're nine months into this pandemic, this lockdown, and it's still renters arguing with landlords. Renters going, hey, if I can't work, I can't pay you rent. Landlords are like, well, I have to evict you. Because I still have to pay the mortgage, and that's where the argument ends. I can't believe, after nine months of this, we've paid nine rents during a pandemic with paychecks on, off, sporadic, less than, whatever. And we still have, like, landlords and renters haven't taken the time to work together and look and go, Oh, the issue is the bank's. That's the issue. How, how have renters and landlords, business owners, and everybody not turned and figured out that the banks are the real issue? They're the ones not putting a pause on the mortgage. They're the ones not giving anyone any kind of break. The break they gave people earlier this year was, oh, we'll give you three months off on your mortgage. But after those three months, you owe us those three months immediately, and we're still going to add interest to them. Thanks for nothing. That's like begging someone not to punch you in the face and instead they kick you in the nuts three times three months from now. You're like, how did that help? Maybe I should have just taken the punch to the face. I, I can't believe we haven't come together and gone, yeah, it's the banks. Because we're over here blaming the politicians who I think what they're trying to do is just make sure uh, that our medical system isn't overrun with you know people on gurneys outside because the hospital's full. I think that's their objective. And uh, no one's looking at the banks. Meanwhile, they just arrested a guy uh, during the protests for George Floyd. There was a bunch of fires in El Cajon or Lemon Grove. 
and they keep arresting the arsonists because I'm sure they can look through security footage and see who did what, which is good that you're arresting them, but the 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 picture they used on on like the local Fox 6 news story that they arrested a, a, the latest arsonist in that protest was a picture of a burned down Union Bank. And I'm like, that's the enemy. That's the one building they shouldn't be charged for. Like, if they burnt down a Dunkin' Donuts, all right. Hey, Dunkin' never did anything to anybody. They're just trying to deserve us delicious coffee and donuts. How dare you? You leave Dunkin' alone. But you want to go burn down a bank? I mean, I'll, I'm not, I don't want to be, I'm not going to help. I'm not going to be an accomplice to arson. But if you're scrambling for supplies, I'll point out where there are some matches and where there is some gasoline. The bank isn't our friends. They've never been. Maybe it's because I've been poor most of my life, I know that. But I've, I've been saying this on stage. Uh, I'm a, I bank with Bank of America, which might be the biggest villains on the planet. And for the last two years, I've been a Bank of America preferred member. Um, but that's only the last two years. I've been with Bank of America since like 2003 when I, uh, when I got a job and I had to you know have a bank account to cash paychecks. And from about 2003... Till about 2015, when I started doing comedy full time, those guys would charge me 12 bucks a month uh, because I didn't have enough money, which makes about as much sense as giving people a break during a pandemic on their mortgage by going, you don't have to pay us your mortgage for three months, but after three months, you owe us all of it plus interest. That makes about as much sense. And then, so they charged me 12 bucks a month for what, 15 years? No, I. 12 years, if my math is all right. And then after that, I, I, I started making money in comedy, and now I'm a preferred member, which means I, I, I get to stick my card into any ATM, and they won't charge me the fee. So now that's the only place I stick it. That's the, I, I try to take cash out all the time. And I, I try to make them eat all the charges. The banks are evil. I can't believe we're fighting with each other. But I get why we are pushing the argument to politicians because they keep telling us to stay at home while they're out, you know, having a Christmas party at Dave and Buster's. And we're like, we like to go to the arcade. You know, the latest one was the mayor in Austin. I saw this on Twitter last night. I didn't even read the story because the headline was the story. And because it's 2020, who reads the actual article? I, uh, the, a couple weeks ago, I, I retweeted a story, and before I retweeted it, Twitter was like, well, do you want to read the article first? And I laughed out loud and went, that's not how this works, okay? No one's reading the article. 1% of the population is reading the article. The other 99% is reading the headline, making a judgment based on the headline and the photo you use of the person we're talking about, and we run with it. We don't have time. We have a lot of scrolling to do. Are you kidding me? I gotta go make a tie-dye t-shirt and bake banana bread. It's December. Anyway, so the mayor of Austin uh, made a go-home, like a stay-at-home order video, and then they found out he shot it in Cabo, Mexico. Resort town, vacation, on the beach. I guess he, like, slipped into his villa and made a little video go, stay at home. We need everyone to stay at home. And I don't know how they found out. It was, uh, he was in Cabo. I, uh, maybe if I read the article, I would have known. But it would just been so funny if like one of his kids came in the background just covered in floaties. 
you know? And his wife's holding, like, one of those high-end margaritas with, like, a papaya hanging off the glass. And they're just like, Ugh, and then they end up backing out. And they're like, someone someone watching his go-home orders read, like, the logo on his wife's giant margarita with a papaya hanging off of it. And they're like, they're at the Playa del Carmen Resort and Casino? This guy? Trying to tell me to stay at home? He's over there chugging margaritas in Cabo, soaking in the vitamin D during a worldwide pandemic while he's telling us to stay home? To hell with him. And seriously, to hell with him. Even though I think his message is, uh, is in the right place. Politicians are pretty much being our parents right now in the sense that they're saying, do as we say, not as we do. It's a classic parenting tool. It's something that politicians have done many times over the course of history. Like, how many times have you watched a debate where one politician or maybe the moderator of the debate brings up, like, some program that they do in another country and the politician's response is, well, we're not that country. How is that any different from when I asked my mom for a dog when I was seven and she said no and I'm like, well, the Jones family down the street has three dogs. And then she goes, well, we're not the Jones family. How is that any sort of a different argument? I'm pretty sure it's the same. Anyway, uh, I think there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. And I can't wait to go back and tour, be on the road uh, with all of you guys and see everybody. But until then, it's going to be this. uh, This is just what it's going to be. I had a great Thanksgiving. I didn't see my mother. Uh, which was a bummer. That's not what made it great, by the way, in case anyone's trying to read between the lines. I'm not saying that I wasn't trying to see my mom. My mom actually wanted me to come to Thanksgiving. And I called her and I'm like, hey, the news says people's heads are falling off and the numbers are going up, so I'm not coming. And her response is like, well, if you're not comfortable, then don't come. I, I respect that. And I'm like, what? I love how she turns it. I'm like, I'm not uncomfortable for me. I'm 33 and just got health insurance. I, I'm all right. You're older. I'm trying to protect you. And she, and she repeated, she's like, if you don't feel comfortable, that's okay. And I'm like, no, it's for, I'm like trying to do something for you. I want to see you. I want to eat the turkey. I want to sit down and watch planes, trains, and automobiles with you. I want to do all that stuff. I want you to complain about your boss. I want that. It's fun. I want to dissect the news with you like we work on CNN as those floating political pundits with the glasses without frames in them. I want to do all that stuff. It's Thanksgiving. I love hanging out with my mom, but I don't want to kill her because I don't want this to be our last Thanksgiving. Uh, I don't even want her to be hospitalized. I'd feel so bad for that. I'm sure she she's a fighter. I, I would hope that she would survive if she got it, but in the same token, I, I, just, I, don't, I don't even want to put it up there. I don't want her to accept the fight. Even though it's a fight, I'm pretty sure she'd win. I'd still try to talk her out of it as her promoter, as her responsible promoter. Um, yeah, we had a, I don't know, this year I realized why people put on so much weight during Thanksgiving. Because it's not one day. It'd be one thing if you just pigged out one day, you ate a bunch of calories, had a bunch of dessert, drank a bunch of nog, and then the next day you went back to like exercising or your regular diet which may or may not be as bad as Thanksgiving. Who knows? Whatever you eat. Body positivity. You're fine. Um, but I realize why people pack on weight. It's like a five-day situation. Thanksgiving started on Wednesday. 
It usually starts on Wednesday, where you and your friends go back to your hometown to get ready for next day's festivities with mom and dad. But then you guys go out, get hammered, and then eat a bunch of food. And then the next day, you do it all again with family. And then Friday, you have leftovers. Saturday, it's Saturday. Now you're doing like a Friendsgiving. Sunday, it's football. Now you're making turkey sandwiches, having pie for breakfast. It's a whole situation. And then Monday, you're like, why do I jiggle when I walk? What happened? Oh, all right. <laughs> hey. Huh? Yeah. I thought it was only 30 minutes. It didn't even happen. Oh, why? Oh, I'm sorry. It didn't Did happen. No, I was just rolling Can you just on. Cut it out? No, I'm not editing any of this out. Ugh. You're in this. This is going on YouTube for the 4.99 members. I'm sorry. It's okay. You, why didn't it happen? I don't know. She didn't get the time right, even though we specified. Maybe she meant 9:30 East Coast time, so 6:30 in the AM here. Oh, she's just delusional. All right. Well, I mean, I'm I'm cooking with grease up here, so I'll be done in like 40 minutes. Okay. <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, what did I? Thanksgiving. That was, I'm not editing any of that out. That's called work, and I don't do work. I make zero dollars on this podcast, and uh, that means I put zero dollars worth of work into it. Um, other than, you know, just waking up in time to do the damn thing. And I also take weeks off. Uh, what the hell was I talking about? Thanksgiving, hot noodles. This is what, this, even though Thanksgiving wasn't regular this year, I didn't go hang out with friends on Wednesday. I didn't go up to my mom's on Thursday. I still ingested just as many calories. Wednesday night, I decided to make hot noodles. These like hot spicy noodles they sell on Amazon. And um, they uh, people do like eating challenges with them. And Emma's bought them before. And she's made them for me. And I didn't realize she didn't use, I knew she didn't use the whole packet of spice that comes with it. Cause it will like, your head will explode. And they'll just find your burnt corpse like three days later if you don't show up for work or answer text messages. Um, but uh, I had never made it myself. So I ordered it. And then last Wednesday, I made it and I used half the packet. I later found out that Emma usually uses four drops from the packet. And I think they're very spicy at four drops. I used half the packet and I thought I was being conservative with that. Threw it away. And proceeded to melt my face off as I ate this bowl of noodles. I don't know what it is about spicy food, but after you get three bites in and you're already doing the like the reverse breathing technique and your lips are swollen and your cheeks are sweaty and your eyes are red, for some reason your only response to this pain is to eat more of it. Like the solution is in the problem, which is a very weird way to look at it. But that's what I was doing. I'm just sucking down these noodles, killing myself. And it feels like the only thing I can do is add more noodles. Until finally I realized how stupid that was. And I ran to the fridge and I started chugging water. Which water only makes it a little worse. It actually reignites it. It's like putting little... It's like throwing uh, little sprinkles of gasoline on a campfire. And it just flares up again. Flares up again. So now I'm making the situation even worse than eating more hot noodles... And what the best, I know the best thing to do 
when it comes to spicy food is you either put milk on it, which I didn't have any, or you eat bread. Something like either a bread, tortilla, chips, something. Just something to like dull it out. Kind of like blanketing a fire in sand. That's what you need. You need carbs to quell it. And I didn't have any. Why? Because I'm a man and I don't stock my fridge. The only thing I had in my fridge that was even close to bread was a pumpkin pie that was for the next day. And I cut into it. One slice. Ah, blah, 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 blah. Felt a little better. Still spicy, though. Second slice. Blah, 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 blah. So I cut into the pie on Wednesday. And then later that night, I had two more slices. Next morning, I had pumpkin pie for breakfast. The pie was gone. In a matter of, what's that, 12 hours? Probably less than 12 hours, I ate an entire pumpkin pie by myself. Which, I'm not saying I deserve a t-shirt, but I think it's pretty impressive. And that's just Wednesday. I ate high-sodium spicy noodles and ate an entire pumpkin pie and then did that. And then the next morning I woke up and I'm like, well, it's time for Thanksgiving. And we did a whole surf and turf Thanksgiving. We did a different. We didn't do a turkey. We had steak. We had the salmon filled with, uh, with crab and cheese. We ate that. Drank some wine. It was a whole celebration as it should be. Thanksgiving, Native Americans, pilgrims came together to have dinner and then fought each other to the death. Um, I believe that's the story. Buckles on shoes. That's all I remember. Um, Thursday and then Friday we did a Friendsgiving with two friends down the street. And they just had a smorgasbord of stuff. They had Cornish game hens. Uh, by the way, as I'm saying this, I believe I had the most bougie Thanksgiving I've ever had in my entire life. That is like some one percenter Thanksgiving. I'm just missing caviar. Like, I, I didn't realize it until right now as I said it. We had surf and turf on Thursday with stuffed salmon and nice steaks. And then Friday we had Cornish game hens. Doesn't that sound like I'm, I, I'm saying that while I should be dressed in a riding jacket and boots? Climbing off a thoroughbred with like a musket over my shoulder. Like that is the most waspy thing I've ever... Th yeah, we just sent the kids off to university. <laughs> they're going to Brown University where they're on the rowing team. Would you like some more Cornish Game Hen? Cornish Game Hen was amazing. Uh, all the food was great. We had more desserts there. And then Saturday, I th we picked up Persian food from a lady who makes it at her house. We crushed that. Sunday, I don't even remember. When, Monday to today, I've just been jiggling. That's all I've been doing. Every step, a little bit of a jiggle. I go to pee, I shake when I'm done, jiggle. I take a seat on the couch, I jiggle until about five seconds of sitting there. There's a good jiggle. And I've tried to work out. I've been jump roping. You think the jiggle went away during jump roping? There's a jiggle there, even when I'm in my best shape. When I'm jump roping. Try jumping up and down and have your body being still. If you can pull that off, what are you doing sitting here listening to this podcast? <laughs> you are probably out there like uh, doing, you know, that gym, the teen, you know, where they just throw anvils in the air. What's that dumb gym people do? CrossFit? Yeah, that's the one. You're probably doing that. And if you're listening to this during that, you have the wrong thing on. You're supposed to be blasting death metal or, or old school hip hop. Um, that was my Thanksgiving. It was pretty good. We watched Home Alone and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is my idea. That's my traditional Thanksgiving and Christmas movie. I watch it twice a year. 
and uh, introduced Emma to that. She was a big fan. And her favorite movie is Home Alone, which I watched. And I'm a big fan of Home Alone. This was the first year I realized how white Home Alone is. Like, obviously, I've, I've noticed that uh, in movies and commercials and TV shows now, they definitely push more diversity. Um, but I didn't, like, realize how bad it was, like, years ago. But watching home, go rewatch Home Alone. I'm sure you already have. But rewatch it, and try to notice how many non-white people are in that movie. It's hard. They, they don't. They're not in it. Nobody. The only black person in that entire movie is a cardboard cutout of Michael Jordan, when Kevin McAllister taped him to a toy train, and he was used to scare off white robbers. Like this is. I'm like. I was watching that movie, and I'm like, I get it. I get it why every commercial it's like hard to it's hard to sprinkle in a white dude because we had decades where that's all we saw not just home alone but I was on YouTube and somehow I found this channel that plays commercials from certain decades so I watched a com- I watched uh, like 20 minutes of commercials from the 90s and the 80s I watched a bunch of these and it is white and sexist and there was this one for like seasoning and they had three white moms making dinner for their family and they're like oh it's my little secret my McCormick seasoning and they don't know it's real I have to share the secret so she picks up the phone calls some other white mom and then she's like I'm ahead of you sweetheart and then she's already doing they call another white mom and I'm like oh my god white mothers and no one's doing the dishes that's the way it came off um, so it was very interesting to see that And now it's very much the other way Where I've talked about that I, I watched that show Away on Netflix And there's a lot of I- examples of this But Away on Netflix is, uh, is a show where they're going to Mars And they have a very diverse crew on the, on the space shuttle they're, Every country is represented Hillary Swank is the captain of the Americans so it's a female captain, which I think that's been done in astronaut world. But if it hasn't, that's still progressive. Uh, that's good. Uh, the only like straight white guy in the movie, they, it was her husband, and they paralyzed him immediately. Because um, it's like, yeah, we can have a straight white guy in this show, but take his legs. Take his legs in the first 30 seconds, otherwise Vulture's going to write an article. And then they also have, they have a Russian white dude on there, but he's the villain because we don't like Russians. There's an Indian dude on there. Uh, there's a Chinese lady who we find out an episode in is a lesbian, so she's represented. And then there's a guy from Kenya who is adopted into the UK uh, by a white family, and he's also Jewish. Which I feel like that character, they still had a bunch of uh, minorities to jam in, and they're like, we're out of characters. You're going to really have an expansive role. You're going to be an adoptee from Kenya. You're Jewish, and you were raised by this white family. Go win an Emmy. And uh, so he's doing that. And it was a good show until it wasn't about flying to Mars. That was my biggest gripe with it. I was watching the show because we were going to Mars. But then each episode after like the second one was going into each character's backstory and talking about their diversity, which is great. I'm not against any of this. I'm not offended. It's just I thought we were going to Mars. I th- that's the whole reason I watched this. 
And then they cut to, there's like a whole episode of the Chinese lady who's like cheating on her husband by sleeping with this woman who helped her in Houston, Texas. And I'm like, that's, that must be hard, you know, to struggle with your sexuality and you want to be this, but you're, you know, married to a guy. So you're hurting that guy, but you're doing what your heart is truly desiring. I get that. And I support your struggle, but damn it. I thought we were going to Mars. Can we still go to Mars? Maybe you can, you know, I know it's heartbreaking, but just Google some lesbian porn and let's still go to Mars. I thought we were going to Mars. Can we go to Mars? And so it was fun to watch like those two big changes from like watching an all white movie from 30 years ago and then like watching something today where it's like, ah, I see what you're doing. But I guess that's what Hollywood is. They're just trying. They're just trying to make everyone happy. And hey, watch this. Make enjoy this now. And they're trying. Um, I think I've ran through everything. Ellen Page is now Elliot Page. Uh, it's a smooth transition. I think. Ellen to Elliot. I actually prefer the name Elliot. Ellen. I don't think I've ever met an Ellen I liked. Ellen. I'm thinking of one Ellen in particular that I really dislike. I'm not saying there aren't any good Ellens out there. I'm just saying, you know how everyone has their own relationship with names? Like, I've never met a sane Ian. I, I realize that. I've, I've met, like, four Ians in my life, and they've all been the biggest lunatics I've ever met in my entire life. There's a guy I went to third grade with, Ian, that guy. I don't know what his deal was. Then I worked with a guy named Ian uh, at like a machine shop, and he was, he might be in prison for all I know now. Maybe I've only met two Ians. But the point is, everyone has like a relationship with certain names where like, that's a bad person. That's me with Ellen. Ellen Page was actually the only Ellen I liked from what I remember. I had a crush on Juno back when I was a kid. Uh, but Ellen is now Elliot. I think it's a smooth transition it was a lot smoother than uh, bruce to caitlin i still don't know how he spells it it's with the c and then a y later caitlin anyway congrats ellen page uh be yourself we're all gonna die someday you know don't waste your time being ellen if you're really elliot uh jennifer lopez still better looking than all of us good lord did you see her naked ass on the new album cover my good 51 years old I mean, from for the last five years, that's all people have been talking about, is how old she is and how great she looks. And I don't know if she realizes this, but that's all we're ever going to talk about till she dies. She's going to be 80 one day, and you're like, can you believe she's 80? And she's, I'm sure when she's 80, she's going to be dating whoever, like, just retired from baseball then. Like, I don't even know who, he's, who she's married to now. Isn't it A-Rod or something? It's like a baseball player. Yeah, but he's going to be old then. He's also aging well, too. What is it with the rich? What do they do? Are all those conspiracy theories right, and they're just chugging baby's blood at dinner every day? And they're just, that's how they stay young? I'm over here aging like a punching bag. People can't believe I'm 33. And meanwhile, Jennifer Lopez and A-Rod, I don't even know his first name, Anthony Rodriguez, Aaron Rodriguez, Antonio Rodriguez, I don't know what his name is, but they don't age, especially Jennifer Lopez. And she dropped that photo of her of her naked profile 
on Thanksgiving when everyone is at their jiggliest. What an extra slap in the face. I know we're all into body positivity, and I'm definitely into it. I just wish it would include the face. That's a whole other topic. But I... <laughs> what a slap in the face. She looks... She's flawless, that woman. 51 years old. Not a wrinkle on her. And I saw... She, saw, she showed all of it. And some people are like, ah, oh, it's Photoshop. You know what wasn't Photoshop? Her performing at the Super Bowl last year in a skin-tight jumpsuit that was bedazzled. That wasn't Photoshopped. And I'm like, good Lord. I don't care. Like, I know Spanx are a thing, but you, you can still see through that. Anyway, Jennifer Lopez, congratulations. I hope I look as half as good as you at 51, which I know I won't because I don't look half as good as you at 33. God bless you and your baby blood drinking, or whatever the QAnon people say. <laughs> Maybe they're right. How else do you pull this off? Nivea? Is that what she does? She just drowns herself in, in, in moisturizer every night before she goes to bed? I find it hard to believe. I find it hard to believe. Uh, yeah. Oh, this was the perfect... Uh, this past weekend, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. fought. And I don't know if there was a better glimpse of what 2020 was and how wacky this year was than that whole event. Like if if in 50 years someone was like, hey, how crazy was 2020? I would just show them that event. Well, in 2020, Mike Tyson fought Roy Jones Jr., two of the most famous boxers on the planet of the last 30 years fought each other. And uh, the most exciting thing of the fight was Snoop Dogg's commentary. That was the most exciting part of the fight. What What's a crazier way to describe 2020 than that? Oh, and the fight ended in a draw. Even though it looked like Mike Tyson landed a billion more punches. That's how it came out. Also on the card, a guy on YouTube knocked out a basketball player. That's 2020 in a nutshell. Mike Tyson fought Roy Jones Jr. in their 50s. The most exciting part was Snoop Dogg, who is a spokesman for Corona, the beer. He had the best commentary. And a guy who's uh, famous from YouTube, knocked out a retired professional athlete. That is the circus that is 2020. And I got to say, the Jake Paul fight, him and his brother, if you don't know who they are, and by the way, no one should know who these people are. Jake Paul and Logan Paul, even though they're like my idols, in a way, because I, I want like a fifth of the success that they have on YouTube just so I never have to work as an Amazon delivery driver. But they are easily the most hateable people since the Kardashians that I've ever seen. They're, they're actually more hateable than they. I feel like the Kardashians have done more work than Jake and Logan Paul. Like, what? How are these? They are... They're as hateable as, like, pro wrestling bad guys used to be in my childhood. Modern-day pro wrestling bad guys that look like they're just pretending to be bad guys should really take notes from how effortlessly hateable Jake and Logan Paul are. They just ooze hateability. They're young, they're rich, they're successful, and they'll kick your ass? What part of this couple of brothers can you root for? You just want someone to come in and punt their head into the eighth row of a boxing fight, and that's exactly what, that's exactly the type of hatred that good pro wrestling bad guys would make you feel 
in the you know 80s and 90s. That's all out the window now. Everyone's just pretending to be a bad guy. But Jake and Logan Paul, I don't know if this is an act. If it's an act, then they are on, you know, the rock level of heat. I think they're just being themselves. I think they're just young 20-year-olds who are billionaires off of YouTube. So in a sense, it's very American. It's very, you're self-made. So hats off to you. But also what you've become. Ugh, I'd love to see you both get hit by a bus. And I'd like to be driving it. But that's besides the point, because I still respect what you've done. But I'd love to pay for the opportunity to run you over with a bus. I don't even think that's a mean thing to say. I read I read Twitter's feelings on on the Paul brothers. I don't. I can't believe it. I think it's like, I think they're like the two favorite people that everyone loves to hate. Maybe every decade needs that. I think that's what it is. Every decade. The population needs someone to watch that they hate. Like, you know, it used to be the Kardashians. Uh, everyone used to crap on that family. My mom used to be like, can you believe this family, the rich, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you're watching every episode. So it's like, we hate them, but we're intrigued by them. That's what the Paul brothers are now. We're like, we hate them, but we're like, maybe this guy will punch his face in. And we can all, our hearts would open with glee. I feel like if one of the... I feel like if Brock Lesnar came out, giant UFC and pro wrestler guy, if he came out and just grabbed and murdered both Logan and Jake Paul with his bare hands on live television for everyone to see, I think America's heart would grow like the Grinch's after he saved all the Whoville's Christmas gifts. You know the one where his heart grew eight, ten sizes that day and then like the frame breaks? That's exactly what would happen to this country. Like a rainbow would shoot out of our hearts and over the moon if Brock Lesnar would just eat these kids' faces. I think we could make it happen. I mean, Mike Tyson fought Roy Jones Jr. just last weekend. We could make anything happen. We just have to will it, and we have to get it to trend on Twitter, and then maybe they'll take our $50 so we can watch it. I think that's about it. What else do I have to talk about? Oh, I read this. This is the last thing I'll say. Uh, the, I read this article in The Atlantic. Uh, Goudelion Castle in France. Uh, so I read this article. In 1997, people started building an 8th century castle, or 13th century castle. And they're only using tools from 800 years ago. And they're using the building practices of 800 years ago. So all their archaic tools... All the way they build it, every technique is all from the 13th century. And they started in 1997, and they're three years away from completion. It's supposed to be done in 2023. And as soon as I, I, I scrolled the article, and I'm just like, these, I, what, what can you say? Hipsters. These are hipsters. These are, like, if you thought the barista at the local independent coffee shop with the nose ring and all the tattoos and the beanie in the summer... If you thought they were pretentious, can you imagine how pretentious you have, how pretentious of a hipster you have to be to build a 13th century castle using 800-year-old tools? I mean, that's the ultimate. Can you imagine their record collection? Can you imagine how snobby they would be if they scrolled through your Spotify playlist? Just the fact that you have Spotify. They would snub their nose at you so hard. Ugh. And with all that said, I want to see this castle. I want to see what these hipsters built.
I bet you you go up to the castle, you just see a bunch of those fixed gear bikes tied together and locked, and just a bunch of guys with berets and scarves sipping an espresso and building a castle. Ugh. I'm ready for the new year. I don't know about you. I think that's been the show for this week. Thank you for listening, downloading, streaming, subscribing. Don't forget to leave a five-star review on iTunes. Go subscribe to my YouTube page because, like I said, as much as I just crapped on the Paul brothers, they are my idols. They are (laughs) the most successful YouTubers, I think. Either that or there's like some seven-year-old who opens gifts and then people watch that for some reason. Pedophiles. And, uh... Anyway, go subscribe on YouTube, join, do all that stuff. Watch Dancing with Drunks, watch Modern Mail. Don't forget to give to the fundraiser the, that I set up for Toys for Tots. We're going to hit our goal of five grand. Make sure these poor kids got something to open on Christmas. It really makes it better. Uh, and that's it. Cheers, everybody. Live your lives. Be your best selves. I need a good sign-off, but I, I don't have one.